Welcome to the Creative South Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today, I talk with Alex and Meg Grinling of Lunar Saloon. We talk about how Lunar Saloon was born, the pros and cons of working together as a couple, the business of running a studio, balancing client work with designing projects, and more, all right after this. Jack Prince is one of our favorite companies to work with. They offer great products at even better prices, with some of the best customer service I've ever seen. Why not pick Jack Prince next time you need t-shirts, business cards, stickers, or flyers printed? Right now, Jack Prince is offering four-day turnaround on their most popular apparel products. That's four days with no rush fees, no hassle, and no BS. With apparel from popular brands like American Apparel, Next Level, Jilden, All Style, and more starting as low as $3.99 each. Now is the time to take advantage of this great offer. Visit jack.inc slash four days to order your apparel today. Plus, Jack Prince is giving Creative South podcast listeners 20% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code CREATESOUTH17 at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. We've gone through and streamlined the Creative South podcast Patreon page, cleaning out the excess and making it easier for you to support us. With options starting at just $1 per month, you can help support the podcast and even wind up with some cool Creative South podcast swag. Every dollar helps cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. When you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else, Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts. So please help support the podcast and become a patron over at patreon.com slash creative south. Alex, Meg, thanks for joining me tonight. Yeah, thank yeah. you for having us. So, you know, th- this is a bit different because normally I'm just talking to one person and I start off with where'd you grow up? But I, I, I guess I'll start off with where'd you guys meet? And I, I know we were talking about this uh, ahead of time. Yeah, we cheated a little bit. Um, <laughs> so uh, we how should we handle this? How much should I speak for you and you for me? I don't know. He always is afraid of speaking over me, and I'm like, just talk. I'm not a big talker. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Alex went to Italy. He did a drawing um, class in Italy with one of my childhood friends who was my roommate at the time. Uh-huh. And so they became friends, and then Alex um, would come over and watch Lost, and we met through them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and you guys met in college, right? Yeah, yeah. We we both went to Murray State University. Um Meg actually is from Murray, the the, Hop, the Hoppin' Town the Hoppin of Murray, Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm from Elizabethtown, which is like three hours east. East. I, mm-hmm. I still 31 years old and still have to go never eat sour worms just oh, to make sure <laughs> that I got it right. Um, yeah, yeah, it's three hours east. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's, that's where I grew up and, uh, I ended up going to Murray state because (laughs) they have a really great art program. Um, really? And, uh, yeah. And so I got a degree in just uh, a bachelor of fine arts. So I got Mm. technically an emphasis in design. Uh, but it just means that I took like three more design courses than painting or sculpture or any of those other things. Um, so yeah, so people people get on their high horse with their design degrees, and I'm like, I have an emphasis. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I studied music, so no, I took one art class where I copied off of Alex the majority of the time. Don't. Oh. <laughs> Is there a statue of limitations on I that? Think, I think you're good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't plan on sending this to the Murray State Board of Registrars. Okay. So. All right. Good. <laughs> you changed <laughs> my grade. The podcast that took away my diploma. <laughs> so, you, so you studied music. Mm-hmm. Did you focus on anything in particular? Did you? Uh, yeah, I played clarinet. Mm-hmm. Um, like I played clarinet for about fourteen years, and then once I got my degree, I was kind of like, um, I think I'm kind of done playing for a while. <laughs> so I got a <laughs> piano about two years ago, and I've been um, playing that quite a bit. So that's been good. It's been good to get back into it. Gotcha. So when when you guys got out of college, what did you all do? Did um, because I don't imagine that you started freelancing right away and just started no, up Lunar no, Studio right out of the gate. No, and I don't. You know, side note: I always meet students who say, "How can I start freelancing right when I get out of school?" And that my answer is always, "You should not do that. It's <laughs> the worst thing you could do." Um, but right out of school, um, in the summer before my final semester, I um had an internship in LA uh, with -hmm. a company, uh, Intralink Film Graphic Design, and uh, they did movie posters and advertising for theatrical stuff and um, TV shows. So you're designing all the key art and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, key art. I like that. I say key art sometimes, but people, it's just met with like a blank face. So (laughs) I... I know what um, it is. Yeah, I'm in good company here. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I designed the key art for uh, theatrical and TV releases, and um, and yeah, yeah. So we worked on stuff for you know like uh, Dark Knight and Watchmen, and then TV shows like Damages and The Shield, mm-hmm. and Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So it was like a good range of. Work. So nothing you've ever heard of. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and, uh, I, after I was out there for like six months, um, yeah, I finished my degree cause I had to student teach. So it meant I was in school for a semester longer and, uh, yeah, I moved out there, but it was 2008. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was going to teach music and the economy crashed and no one wanted to hire music people and sure. <laughs> put any money into art or music. <laughs> Um, so I got a job doing accounting at a entertainment industry, uh, like management and production. So it was the same people that produced like The Office and Parks and Rec. And yeah, so kind of got started in administrative work and accounting through that. And how, do, how do you get a job doing accounting with a music degree? <laughs> so, um, all through college, I worked in... Uh, the registrar's office at oh, university. Okay. Yeah. And so we were so behind the times that things weren't electronic yet. We were literally typing grades on typewriters and <laughs> just you know, adding things by hand. So I had a lot of those skills that could easily be transferred sure. into into that kind of job. Gotcha. Yeah. So so you move out there six months later trying to find a job. The economy's gone to crap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I had a I I had a job. Meg's tempt for a while when she first got mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Uh, but we decided after about a 
Year and a half. Almost two years. Yeah. Like we'll we'll just call it an even two years. Works for me. Um, <laughs> we decided that we did not like LA, um, and uh, I think there was like a fair amount of culture shock. I think sure. being from yeah. small towns. I think Kentucky. my town has like ten thousand people, and I looked up, and that was how much was in our neighborhood in LA. <laughs> yeah. So a bit uh, of a shock. And so we started. We had some friends that were moving to Minneapolis or had moved to Minneapolis and they said, Hey, why don't you come up and visit if you're looking for places to move to? And we visited and they tricked us and we came here and like, and it was like a beautiful, what was it in spring? Yeah. It was Memorial Day. Weekend. Yeah. So, Oh, so it's warm. Up here. It's, it's yeah. nice. Yeah. Every, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. They tricked us. So we moved up here in November. Um, and it's no longer ready. warm at that point. No. no, I think it started, it snowed like 10 inches the day after we moved in. And it was like, what have we gotten ourselves into? We're from the South. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then when once we were up here, then I did start freelancing. Um, and I didn't really set out to freelance. Um, but so did you move up there without a job? Yeah. Yeah, we both yeah. did. Wow. We, we just scrimped and saved Yeah. for like six months after we decided that we were going to move. And um, moved out, moved up here without a job. Lived in a oh. terrible apartment. Awful apartment. <laughs> terrible apartment. Um, sure. And uh, and uh, interviewed at some places. Didn't work out. Long story. But uh, ended up freelancing mm-hmm. and um, at various ad agencies around town. So Minneapolis is a pretty like ad agency heavy city. And um, so there's no shortage of work on that front. And so So were um, you going in and just doing like day work and contract stuff? Yeah, it was a mix of like, you know, oh, we're pitching Cadillac and we want someone to come do things for Cadillac. And so mm-hmm. it would I would come in for like a week and work on stuff and then leave and um and that was about it. I we did I kind of also started doing my own projects around that time too. Um, I made a time travel calendar that like collected time travel events from like movies, movies, films, movies, (laughs) (laughs) movies. Um, Well, I guess there could, some people would make that distinction, right? Between movies and films. Keep talking. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Collected... (laughs) Okay, so it was movies and TV shows. We didn't do comic books on the first one. No. Um, so it was pretty much laid out on a timeline from, like, the very first instance. Like, what? It was like a Superman comic of, like, billions of years ago. Yeah. He time travels. Mm-hmm. And it worked through assuming that all of these events took place on a single timeline. So you would see, like, oh, when the Terminator arrives to kill Sarah Connor... Marty McFly travels back to 1955. And so you see these things happening in tandem. Oh, okay. Um, And so the timeline kind of played out over the course of a year. Um, And so that was like one of my first like products. So how does the quality film Time Cop play into that? Uh, It was definitely in there. I can tell you that. Um, We have seen so many movies and TV shows now. Yeah, because I (laughs) made a point to watch the ones that I included. So I've seen a lot of bad time travel films at at this point. Or movies, if you will. (laughs) I'm trying to think of good ones that I've seen lately. I love Doctor Who. 
Yeah. Looper Looper was really good. Oh yeah, Looper was good. Um I still want to see Time Crimes. I haven't seen that yet. Time Crimes is good. Yeah, I like that. That would that's a subtitled one. I can't get Megs to read movies with me. I'm so I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I don't the recent ones I don't I always like when I'm watching them, I'm like, I'm gonna make a mental note to jot this down in case I ever do the time travel calendar again. It'll save me some research and then I always forget. Yeah. But hmm. <laughs> um but then after that we'll go cool, we'll wrap up our history here. Yeah. <laughs> um it gets complicated. Uh, af- uh after being here for two years, Google contacted me to um move to California and join the small team that they were putting together. Mm. Uh, to help kind of like audit and revitalize their visual language. Um, and so that's everything from um, onboarding illustrations for stuff, UI iconography, product logos like Google Maps and search and books and stuff like that. And so uh, over the course of two years, like our team may we made like a hundred plus page brand guidelines book for mm-hmm. Google. Um, oh, wow. and, and that stuff has kind of gone on to become material design. Um, we worked in tandem with creative labs, which is like a New York agency within Google. Sure. And, um, and so that, I mean that at this point was like four years ago mm-hmm. or something. And, so that is kind of like, you know, some members of that team are on the material design team now. And that aesthetic has kind of continued to evolve mm-hmm. into like what we now think of as Google. Um, and uh, two years after that, <laughs> we decided that we didn't, we still didn't like California. This yeah. was Northern California. <laughs> we figured we'd give both halves a shot we're not california. sure so you do southern california then you do the bay area yep mm-hmm. yep and um just couldn't make it work so we uh we came back to minneapolis um again with no jobs again with no <laughs> jobs <laughs> yeah meg what what were you doing during that time were you oh see pretty much every it? time i've gotten myself established something happens where it's <laughs> where like you? oh google called i'm like what no, I'm about to go back to school. Um, yeah, so our first stint in Minneapolis, I I tempt a lot, um, which is mm-hmm. actually great in what we're doing now because I have a background in, you know, I've worked for law firms, I've done administrative assistant work, I've planned events. Um, so it's great, actually, having tempt for so long, I have this huge toolbox of anything we need I can kind of be like I know how to do bookkeeping I know how Mm -hmm. to do this um yeah and so out in California you know I worked for Intuit for a little bit I did some data management for Genentech um I worked for a finance company for a while and when we moved back here I worked my network was finally big enough to where I got on with a financial planner and so I spent two years working in finance and then I quit to go back to school, so now I'm in school for accounting, um, kind of maybe getting ready to become a CPA. I'm a little scared <laughs> of those tests. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've heard they're not a whole lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I've got one more semester left of school, and then oh, cool. I'll kind of be out in the accounting world 
trying to make the big bucks. And then I can retire. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you you guys end up back in Minnesota. Um again with no jobs. Um <laughs> and all that. What when do you decide to make a path for yourself completely? Uh, about a year ago? Well, a year and a half ago, I guess. Yeah, it's when the first steps really started. Yeah, we um, when we moved back, I was still freelancing, just me. Um, and I was still doing work with like Google as a freelancer um, and mm-hmm. working with other tech places. And, mm-hmm. and I was kind of working in the background as far as following up with our, all his clients on getting bills paid and making sure mm-hmm. checks got deposited and getting his taxes paid, just stuff oh. that like the creative mind doesn't always think to do. I was sure. <laughs> I resemble that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, Megs is kind of always helping out. And, um, as we started talking about Megs had pitched lunar saloon years ago, apparently. And I, Glossed right over you it. Didn't see the genius. I didn't see the naming genius. Naming skills. I, yeah. And so uh, about a year and a half ago, when I was talking about like you know, I want to start approaching places as a business business name and not just Alex Grinling. Sure. And so Lunar Saloon is what we decided on, um, and kind of in the spirit of it, like I feel like a lot of individual freelancers or designers, their significant other is helping them out in the background. And Mm -hmm. instead of Meg's continuing to just be a background, the backbone, the silent partner backbone of the business. I love being silent partner, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) We, We decided instead of just like Lunar Saloon being like Alex Grinling's thing, that it would be our thing. Uh, Uh And, so, you know, the, and the way that we kind of divvy things up, you know, it, not much has changed really. Mm-hmm. Like, well, well, Meg's, Meg's focuses mostly on bringing in new clients. Um, yeah. Um, I handle any, anything that's incoming and I start to talk to people about budgets and, um, yeah, and, you know, I handle all our social media. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff that Alex, I could tell as, an individual was getting frustrated doing, but maybe is more in my wheelhouse. Sure. Um, yeah, I've kind of taken over that. And that way he can focus on the creative part and not be bothered with, oh, this person emailed and now we have to spend two days trying to figure out what they want and how much they have to spend and if it's going to work. And he can just kind of do his thing, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Meg, how are you... How are, you know, bringing in new clients and, and all that stuff. How are you doing that? How is, how does that process work? Yeah. So, um, a lot of what I focused on at first, because we rolled out star deck, um, right after we started lunar saloon, um, we did a Kickstarter for a deck of cards. And so most of my focus was on selling those and contacting media people, you know, creative bloggers and, um, people who really like sci-fi and getting mm-hmm. them to talk about it. And once that wrapped up, now I've kind of, I had Alex put together his dream list of who he wants to work with. And, you know, we, we sent Stardeck to all those people. You know, I spent like a month finding 
addresses. And now I'm starting to find, you know, brand managers at companies we want to work for and emailing them our portfolio. Work and, with. Yes. Not for. Not for. <laughs> <laughs> Big difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's been a lot of that of just, you know, trying to find the right person to talk to. And we're only 10 months into this. So it's a lot of figuring out what you want. But yeah. And I, I think the other the other big thing with Lunar Saloon is we we want to keep doing client work, but we also want to put more emphasis on our um, products, you know. And so that's it's it's been when we don't have client works client work, we work on our products. Um, and you know, the, I think the kind of goal is to get to the point where our products are most of our income mm-hmm. and we can be much more picky and choosy with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that said, we haven't worked with any clients that we don't enjoy working with. Yeah. Like, we've been really fortunate we in have. that regard. So, yeah. so, um, so what is your, pro- and this is for Alex on the client sides of stuff. What, what is your process for deciding who you want to work with? You know, and, and I'm sure there are times where you've thought you wanted to work with somebody you have Meg reach out to them, and through that process, you kind of go, mm, maybe not so much. <laughs> so, what what is what is your process like, and how do you kind of choose that? Um, well, I mean, a lot of it is picking people. So, like, I guess, like, I look at the stuff that I enjoy. Like, I like I play a lot of games. Like, I'm a big sure. big gamer, and so. A lot of it is looking at people who are making games that I enjoy doing, who are doing interesting stuff in the game world, and just kind of starting there and reaching out to them. Uh, but, you know, it's also like we love space stuff. So we've reached out to like SpaceX mm-hmm. and some other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, the big thing that we found, like to your point of like being like, I want to work with you. Maybe I don't want to work with you. Um, <laughs> in the gaming world, we've found that a lot of the times, like I, I think that in large areas of the game industry, design is kind of where it was like 10, 12 years ago in the tech world where sure. it kind of exists on the fringes. Like think about what Google looked like 12 years ago. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't anything great. And like, And I think that a lot of it is there's still like a lot of education to be done and like the value of design and like the value that it can bring to your gaming product. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, and some people like totally get that, Um, but a lot of them don't. And with, you know, along with not valuing design in that way, that comes with like financially not valuing design in that way. So sure. You so we've run across a lot of people, you know, who we want to work with, but their logo budget is yeah. like three hundred bucks, and it's like, well, that's like weeks of work, so yeah. <laughs> we can't really take that on. Unless uh, you're my mom, you're not getting it for that cheap. <laughs> yeah, or totally. they they don't want to put the time commitment because it's the last thing that they've planned to do, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they want to give you a week to do their their logo, and it's like, well, you you can't have such a hard and fast deadline you're not going to get what you want yeah sure and and you know again like that kind of just goes back to education where it's like 
like making them realize like you have spent like a year and a half of your life on this product. Like you want to allow for more than a week to like make the thing that's going to represent it to a lot of people. Cause like mm. that's the handshake. That's like the first impression for a lot of people. And, um, so yeah, I mean, we've, we've run into that a lot, I think with gaming more than anything. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it took a while to convince people at Google that design was valuable and, you know, and I don't think that this is any different in that we will eventually prevail. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are doing this. Well, well, first let me ask what, why the name Lunar Studio? I, I want, I want to know that. I know so, you guys are big fans of sci-fi, but yeah, Meg, um, since you came up with the idea. Yeah. Well, I get, when I name things, I tend to, cause I, I feel like I've named quite a few things for Alex. Yeah, I'm terrible at naming. He's awful at names. I'm really bad. <laughs> too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I tend to make lists, you know, what what's Alex interested in? What What's his work tend to be about? Um, but Lunar Saloon, I just feel like it feels good to say. It's got those two oohs in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond that, it's just... I think in our heads we built this world where like we own a bar on the moon and that is our story (laughs) (laughs) and kind of a lot of well before things got a little crazy on social media with um the election back when it was a more playful time (laughs) where it was a more pleasant place to visit yeah Yeah. um, we used to do a lot of joking around about um living on the moon and how no one visits our bar because no one goes to the moon anymore and it just seemed like a really fun, um, playful thing for us to have because sure. that really is what the work that we put out is, just just playful. Oh, and I think, too, like, we both, like, I think if there's two genres that mm-hmm. resonate most with us, it's science fiction and westerns. Yeah. And Lunar Saloon just kind of pairs those two genres up really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and I think now, like, it's it's interesting because Meg's named it, and now that name is influencing the work that we do, where it's like when we designed a set of playing cards, it was like a sci-fi set of playing cards. Like, what playing cards would you see in the Lunar Saloon? And um, so, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's weird. It's yeah. come full circle. Yeah, <laughs> but I think we'd be making that stuff irregardless Whatever our name was, we would still be doing that because um, yeah. it's yeah. just what we love. We're we're dorks. Gotcha. Well, since we've been talking about product and stuff like that, a why did you decide playing cards? What was it about that that spoke to you? <laughs> why are you laughing? Because it just it's so much design. Like Alex just loves to torture himself by being like, "What's the hardest thing I can do? Well, I can do a calendar. I mean, that's twelve months." Mm-hmm. You got to fill that up. Yeah. I can do a set of playing cards. So it's like, what, 52 cards? Yeah. <laughs> Plus the card back and packaging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, if I'm not challenging myself in some <laughs> way, then I'm doing something wrong is the way I figure. But yeah. um, <laughs> a set of playing cards. Um, well, I had wanted to do a set of playing cards years ago that was all Star Wars stuff. You remember that? No. You don't remember that. <laughs> I I bounce so many ideas off Meg's. Yeah. This poor woman. She. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so 
I'd wanted to do a set of Star Wars playing cards. And then when it kind of came back around to it, I thought, well, like, why do something based on something else when I can make up my own thing and own it and it's mine to do with as I please and not worry about getting sued by Disney or whomever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I felt like, you know, like looking at traditional card design, like it's very like linear illustration work. Um, and just very ornate stuff. And more and more, I found myself making that sort of like obsessive work. And so I felt like that would lend itself really well to a deck of playing cards. And um, as I started, I was like, oh, it'll be like a set of playing cards. And instead of all like the kings and queens, it'll be like space marines and like soldiers. And then I was like, well, maybe like each suit could be a different archetype of mm-hmm. um sci-fi so it became space marines as the clubs they're like an elite <laughs> i'm gonna do the saturday morning cartoon like <laughs> you created a whole backstory for this <laughs> um and uh the aliens are the spades because they live underground um the robots are hearts uh because they have none, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. And um, the diamonds uh, are uh, a mega corporation, which is kind of always present in uh, dystopian sure. sci-fi. So, um, and so in doing that, you know, like once we made all these factions, we were thinking about how all these factions interact with each other, and like, like a narrative kind of began to form. Mm-hmm. Um, around these things over dinner every night pretty much yeah over dinner it was like you know like like yeah like the 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 club is going to this planet and the aliens are already there but the club has to survive so that the diamond corporation can come and mine we're like trying to figure out how long it would take to go to this planet yeah like like, how long they would need to like hold their ground against these oh it's just so yeah and it's you know like if they're going there and like they're only capable of traveling at half the speed of light, but yeah. then by the time they get there, the reinforcements, the technology has <laughs> arrived so that the reinforcements can travel at the speed of light. Our biggest conflict lately has been how long it would take to get to this planet. Yes. And I like will go to this and be like, well, scientists, like there's this thing that they're building and it could take, like you can travel the speed of light. And Alice is like, no, no, no. It's... So uh, you're doing heavy-duty backstory research for a deck of playing cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Into our life. And therein you identified the insanity of what happens in this house. Yes. Um, I, I like interjecting stories into stuff. And, um, you know, I, like, years ago did... Um, well, I've, I've done it a couple times. I did... Um, Future 52, which was a thing that played out over the course of the year where I asked 52 illustrators and designers to each make a, wait, did I say Future or yes, Raygun? you didn't say Raygun. Okay, first I did Raygun 52, <laughs> where I okay. asked 52 people to do uh, an illustration of a Raygun, and I posted one a week for a year. And then after that, I did Future 52 where I asked 52 people to choose between a 
a robot, a hoverboard, a ray gun, a wearable, a wearable and there was, oh, a starship. Um, mm -hmm. Everyone should say starships, by the way, because it's way cooler than spaceships. Um, and <laughs> so, like, so I did those two pro projects, but like the whole, there was a whole backstory to those in that there was a corporation in the future um, that was sourcing ray gun designs from the past because current government regulations prevented them from making ray guns look attractive. So they were sourcing designs from now as a loophole mm -hmm. to get around it. He even made like a fax from the yeah, future. Yeah, I made a fake <laughs> fax from the future. <laughs> uh, Jason, when I do something, I go hard. I go all the way. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> um, and uh, and so, yeah, and you know, the, the cards are just kind of like another part of that. And yeah, everything... Our kind of goal is that everything we make will sort of fit in this lunar saloon world that we have built. Mm -hmm. um, just because it's it's really fun to do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun to kind of make our own world. Yeah, that we own. Gotcha. <laughs> and then y'all were talking about you're working on the new product. Yeah. Before we were on air, you want to talk about that a minute? Yeah. Um, so it's space related. It's not sci-fi. Right. Um, but we, I think this. I mean. We're not going to get on a political pedestal here, but like I feel like as a reaction to everything that was happening, uh, all the anti-science stuff, and mm -hmm. we felt like we wanted to make something that would help children learn about science and space. And um, as I became kind of more confident in my illustration skills, um, we decided to make a set of um, space-themed alphabet flashcards and so it's stuff like g is for galaxy yeah. b is for black hole which is an illustration i'm really not looking forward to making <laughs> um a is for <laughs> astronaut how do you illustrate the absence of light <laughs> it's, it's very difficult um but look uh, at lots of pictures of um the disney movie black hole oh there you go i should if you I, if you can find it yeah Okay. Well, we're, there's an internet. There's a way. So <laughs> it 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 predates you by a few years. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that's Astro Alphabet, mm -hmm. and um. I think like we did with Star Deck the playing cards. We did a Kickstarter, mm -hmm. and I think we'll also be doing a Kickstarter for this too because it turns out a set of durable flashcards because they're for kids, so they have to be durable because those those little guys yeah. are maniacs. So yes. Um, but it's like our deck of playing cards costs like 5,000 to produce mm -hmm. and the flashcards are going to cost like 18,000. And so it's like, Oh wow. It's like, mm, yeah. we should probably do a Kickstarter. But, um, I like to even, even though it's like kind of, it's like super hedging your bets and maybe a little foolish. <laughs> um, I like to like build out the product before we put it on Kickstarter um, just makes sense. Just, yeah, it like takes away, you know, some of the apprehension on people's parts. And it's like, no, I've I've done this. Like I'm capable. Mm -hmm. I just am incapable. It's already designed. Of now we just need to pay for it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We just like, need to hit like send on the files to the printer. Yeah. And like good. I can conjure illustrations all day. Conjuring eighteen grand, maybe not so much. Um, yeah, that's a little tough. For that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know what that was. 
I like your your wizard <laughs> alchemy voice. Um, and uh, yeah, I like so, the finger tapping that no one can see. Yeah, you can't see this. I'm tapping my fingers. <laughs> yeah, maniacal laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so and so our second product is also more cards. Eventually, we will stop doing yeah. cards. <laughs> no, no, it's also more, re like, I've been doing space research, because every card has three facts about whatever the word is. Mm -hmm. um, and trying to find, like, easily digestible facts for, like, a six-year-old on black holes or on, like, <laughs> it is, can be a little difficult, but I'm getting through it. Yeah, because you need a test audience. I have two eight-year-olds that would um, be thrilled oh, to see. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, uh, yeah, because we, I, I think the goal is like you, a lot of flashcards. They're useful when the kids learning ABCs, and then they're useless. Like what? Sure. The flashcards, not the kids. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, like we're putting facts on the back. So facts and like pronunciation guides. Mm -hmm. Uh, or pronunciation guides. No. Pronun that's not a word. <laughs> Pronunci pr pronunciation. Pronunciation. Pronunciation? I, I, I'm going to choose not to believe you and say that it's a word. If this was Scrabble, <laughs> I would challenge. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so, you know, on the back, we're putting that stuff um, along with facts so that they're still useful even as kids begin mm -hmm. to read and want to uh -huh. know more about this stuff. Um, so, you know, effectively like broadening the like age range from like, what, two to three to older. Even I'm learning stuff while making these things. So sure. I think that it's applicable to adults as I well. So. Um, but yeah, so that, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of what we got coming down the chute, which is exciting. Yeah. It's exciting be because I mean, it's right up our alley with space stuff, but it also, um, feels like an important thing to be working on as sci as science is increasingly kicked to the curb. <laughs> so sure, yeah. So I, I have another question for you that we we should have talked about earlier. But when 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 you decided to go out on your own, Meg, this is really more for Meg. What made you decide that you wanted to jump in and <laughs> help him out with this side of stuff? Uh, and you know because a lot of people and, and and you kind of touched on this before like my wife's a designer as well and we don't i mean we've collaborated on some stuff but we you know she's she's a freelancer i work for a company i do a little freelance here and there um very little um <laughs> would like to do more if anyone's listening <laughs> um but but we don't really work together on stuff um, and I know, you know, I, I know a lot of other couples that work together, but don't work together, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like they're both in the same field or they do things like that. And they'll every once in a while team up on something, but don't necessarily have a business partnership kind of like y'all do. Yeah. Um, well, I think a lot of ways, I mean, Alex and I have a lot in common, but as far as our personalities, we're almost complete opposites. And I think that makes it work because... A lot of people joke that Alex is the gas and I'm the brake. Um, yeah, that's accurate. So <laughs> if, if it were just me, nothing would ever get done. No decision would be made because I, I'm just the absolute brake. And mm. without me, Alex would just... I would be in a ditch constantly. I mean, yeah. You'd still be, making, you'd still be doing backstory for playing cards? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you got it. <laughs> that Google Doc exists. There's a multi-page Google Doc somewhere with backstory. There actually is, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was a hard decision for me. You know, I'd just uh, gone back to school. so mm-hmm. And it was kind of the first time that I'd been, you know, I'm doing this for me and it's my time to kind of figure out what I'm going to do with my career. Um, sure. And on top of that, I had a bookkeeping job and a managerial accounting job. So it was taking on a third job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a little stressful. Um, but on the other hand, I just, I don't know. Alex has always kind of awed me in his talent and his potential. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like um, I want to be there to support him. I know that without the things that I do, he wouldn't be as successful as he is. Um, well. <laughs> Careful, <laughs> Alex. Don't get yourself one. in trouble. <laughs> um, no, and I think being a part of that, um, I was very hesitant to really kind of come out of the shadows and say, you know, I'm I am the partner and I have equal share in this and because I'm not a designer. Um, mm-hmm. And in that way, I think a lot of people assume that I am. And it's like, but you yeah. are creative. I mean, you've got a music degree. You don't do that without having creativity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? That's this, that's what I'm always... And she comes up with all the product names, which are way yeah. better. Like, I would have called it, like, Space Cards. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I always say that, you know, with musicians, they're really... It's like a two-track thing where, you know, I can't do improv and I can't do composition. Um, I really have a hard time just, like coming up with ideas, but I can sight read a piece of music. And if you, you know, uh, I can break down theory and I can do things like that more than math. So, so your brain, music. yeah, I was about to say your brain works on the math side of. Music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also what makes us work is because Alex is very much on the creative side and I'm very much on the analytical side. Um, mm-hmm. and it, we just really balance each other out in the business that way too. Yeah, I think like we our skill sets complement each other so well that we're never really stepping on each other's toes. Like, yeah. you know, whereas if we were both designers, I feel like we would kind of be struggling to make creative decisions. We might be less we might be more apprehensive to work together because of that potential friction. Right. Um and sure. and so it's like I'm never going to be like Megs, those numbers you ran for that budget is crazy <laughs> wrong because I yeah. don't know anything. No, I do that. come in and I'm like, that looks weird. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she is. She gives the most brutal criticism to my work, which I really appreciate because, you know, it's like even though I have friends that I bounce stuff off of and everything like generally pretty nice and giving feedback. But Megs <laughs> is just brutal um but it's great because it's like even though i'm bouncing work off friends they're still designers a lot of the time and Mm -hmm. so it's always good to get a non-designer's eyes on something right like i know enough about design to to say oh you know here's what i think is off and alice can play with and be like yeah that's what was off but i could never be like well you need to do exactly this and go into (laughs) illustrator and i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that sounded like your alchemy voice. <laughs> alchemy. <laughs> so you're never telling him more Gaussian blur. <laughs> so, you know, along that route, were there any like red flags along the way where you're like, maybe we shouldn't do this? Or was it 
all gung ho of yeah, let's do this. Well, uh, the <laughs> I mean the first. Well, I don't know if this. The first six months where we didn't get any clients was a red flag. Yeah, I think Alex was like, this is, uh, should I just go back to working a regular job? Well, yeah, because I think, like, there's a lot, like, you know, I think there's a tendency for people to, like, look at Twitter and, like, going to a pen preempt this preempt. Nope. Challenging that word. <laughs> uh, I, I think like follower accounts and all of this stuff is really stupid and not representative of anything. But like, I think people look sure. at things and go like, Alex has 7,000 followers. So Alex always has work. And it's like, nothing could be further from the truth. And that like, I am like out of work constantly. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like the first six months, we didn't have any new clients yeah. or anything. Well, um, people didn't really associate Lunar Saloon with Alex. Right. So it was trying to build our name up from scratch almost. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I mean, it's like at a certain point, people know to contact Alex. And then they, you know, even if they're just like, I hate talking to myself in the third person so casually. <laughs> uncomfortable with that. <laughs> but like people... um you know, say, oh, I'm going to hit up Alex. Oh, Alex is with this thing, Lunar Saloon now. I don't know what that is. I'm going to contact someone else. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I really think that a lot of the times it's that simple. Um, and so, you know, a lot of it has been, you know, like that's a big reason why Star Deck happened so early in our history is that we formed Lunar Saloon. We didn't have any work. So we just made this product because it's something that we wanted to make. And it was a way to kind of get Lunar Saloon out there and mm -hmm. in people's brains. Yeah, well, we really tried to time it to where, you know, we would announce the new company and then a month later the Kickstarter was ready to go. Um, and yeah. that was, at least on my part, that was very strategic. I don't know if you were thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, no, okay. I was thinking, okay. give me a little credit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I would say around, you know, December, January, when things really got slow, um... You know, I'm I'm a very patient person. It's where it's like I know I know it's gonna take a little while to really get things going and get it off the ground. But I think Alex was a little when his hands aren't busy. Yeah, yeah, and I you know, and I think too it's like with Megs being in school and me being the only one working. Um, well, that's not fair because no. you're working on Lunar Saloon, but you know what? I, yeah. You know what? Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, don't get yourself in trouble here. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it's like I'm always, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's, it's like I, I look at stuff and, you know, it's like, well, maybe I think for a while I had almost talked myself into Lunar Saloon being just products and mm -hmm. me getting a full-time job somewhere. Um, but then we had clients who gave us work and yeah. I was like, oh, thank Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, you know. And, and Again, with the ga gas and brake, like I was just sitting there like we have to be patient. Like mm -hmm. just let's get through, you know, February and then see where we are. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I think, but like as far as us ever butting heads or anything and like that. Yeah, in the beginning, I think it was a little bit, you know, figuring out our roles and trusting each other that, you know, things were going to get done. Yeah. Um, well, and there there was a lot of learning in the beginning where it's like, I've been writing clients for years. Mm -hmm. 
And Megs had not been doing that. Well, so, I've been doing that, but within the finance industry, where right. it's very formal and you have to really get people's confidence of like, I'm handling, you know, $200,000 of your money. So I need mm-hmm. to have this super professional, serious face. Mm-hmm. And the design industry really isn't, and especially working with game clients, nowhere near that. Everyone is so casual. Yeah, I'm um, getting, yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm getting hit up about, Lunar Saloon work via direct messages on Twitter. And it's like the most like casual work stuff ever. So Yeah, so Alex really had to sit down and kind of walk me through how to handle like more casual clients and yeah. not be such a robot. I'm like, you're gonna terrify them with that email. We have to have to loosen this up. Sure. I understand. Hey, I struggle I struggle with that myself because I mean, I'm a designer, but like I said, I work for a corporation. Yeah. So I have to, you know, some people I'm writing, I'm very informal with. And then the other people I have to be very formal with. And it's, you know, when, when do you balance that and how do you balance that? And that, that can be a big challenge. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, I, I usually, so I, well, I was going to say, I usually wait for, I wait to read the client. If the client is using emoji in the emails, then I feel okay doing it. But <laughs> I will never be the first to make that emoji leap, I guess. That's probably a smart decision. Yeah. I, I don't think. use emoji. Not an email. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's what the kids do. <laughs> the kids. <laughs> so, so, Alex, a lot of designers are control freaks. Um, Not me. No? <laughs> yeah, right. I see the eye roll. <laughs> How how did you handle giving up that control and, and and letting Meg take the reins on stuff like that? Probably poorly. Yeah, poorly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I well, and I think a lot of it was about like that communication stuff. Is like like I would just see an email be cc'd on an email, and I was like, Megs, you can't say. Why did you say that? Don't don't do that, Megs. Like and. <laughs> And, you know, and I think that it was just a combination of Meg's finding her own voice mm-hmm. and just me letting that happen and, like, tr- trusting Meg's. Like, yeah. and I think, like, I don't know that there was ever any, like, watershed moment where it was like, oh, I can trust my wife now. It also helps that she's my wife, so ma- trusting her is a little easier, I yeah. think, than if yeah, she were well, just definitely. some random. I mean, that would help. <laughs> yeah, it better be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Otherwise, you have bigger issues. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's still stuff... <laughs> there's things that I've learned to let go. Like sending perfectly aligned invoices, you know, that are just like... It's like every part is considered and He used to make balanced. his invoices in Illustrator. And I was like, no, we're going to... InDesign. InDesign. We're yeah. going to use QuickBooks because... It's, We're not crazy. Yeah. Well, because within design, I was just making a PDF and sending it off. Right. But sure. now we have a system to where you send it via QuickBooks, right? Yes. I'm using the right words. QuickBooks, and you get like a read receipt with the in, with the invoice and stuff like that. But QuickBooks, like design options, it's like designing something nice in Microsoft Word. Yeah. Like I mean, you can make something acceptable but nice is pushing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, it's like, I kind of had to let go of stuff like that, which kills me a little bit, but 
it's okay. Just Be- never look at them. Yeah, well, and I, I think I also realized, like, the utility of that and, like, how much easier and mm-hmm. better it works is worth letting go of a little control. Yeah. And I can assure you that the accounts payable clerk does not notice how good the invoices look. Right. And, yes. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've let go of stuff like that, but... Uh, well, and know. frankly, it's better to get paid than to have a pretty invoice. Yes. Yes. 100%. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, a more neurotic Alex a year ago would have disagreed, but I've come to my senses a little bit on this front. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Meg, with handling all of the business side of stuff, you're doing what? You're doing new client. We, we talked about this, and now I'm trying to re, re- recap it here and remember you're doing client acquisition you're doing all the billing you're doing all the social media stuff what else are you handling um well i do all of our product fulfillment okay so all of our inventory in our basement because we are professional people who work out of our house um nothing wrong with that yeah um, you have a basement i mean it's dedicated <laughs> space yeah. it's well she works it's in a, the finished part of the basement yeah, too it's, so it's, not a dungeon. it's like a life of luxury down it there it is it's yeah. pretty nice um, it's a tax. It's a tax write-off of dedicated space. That's right. Right. Um, so yeah, all the fulfillment to people who buy directly from us. I also reach out to um, stores to sell our products. So we wholesale, um, and so I handle all the pricing for that. Um, for the Kickstarter, I did all of our you know uh, cost management stuff. So trying to figure out how much. To price the decks so we would still be profitable and making sure we're covering our taxes and our fees, um, uh, things like that. I work with, we partner with a shop in New Orleans, Neutral Ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know Neutral Ground. Yeah, so we yeah. work with Vince a lot um, and I've kind of started taking over that and um, as Vince and Lunar Saloon kind of partner up for social media stuff, we work that out together. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and then I do all the back back end stuff of the accounting and paying the taxes and uh, getting our trademark registrations through and pretty much anything that's not directly creative. Well, it's creative in its own way. You can't not look at tax returns and there's some creativity in there. Oh, yeah, they can be. As, yeah. <laughs> as much as she let me. I used to be much more liberal with my tax returns. You but used then to be a lot she, more creative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And once she uh, went to school for accounting, she cracked down on that and made it a lot less fun. Yeah, I like rules. But safer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we didn't know anything this year, so that was good. Yeah. That's so, it. Yeah, well, I was going to say that, and we didn't know anything this year, which again is a testament to the fact of how slow the first year of Lunar Saloon was. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so Meg, how are you balancing all of this since you are, you know, working plus working <laughs> yeah. and going to school? Uh, well, I would say the first year, not well. <laughs> Uh, I actually left my other jobs um, because it was turning out to be 12 to 14 hour days every day, plus sure. studying on the weekends. Um, I just, I had no time um, and it really took a toll on me physically and mentally and emotionally. Um, so yeah, Alex and I kind of talked it over and decided if I could put my time towards selling products, 
um, that would make up for the income I wasn't receiving from my part-time job. And then I could just focus on school. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. what we did. And it's actually been a lot better. Um, it's still a pretty full day once I'm back in class full time, but, um, yeah, we definitely try to stop at five o'clock, which is the best thing that we can do. Um, yeah, I, I think we, and a lot of that came from my first job in LA, which was, I would get in at like eight 30, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the earliest we would leave is eight o'clock every night. And it was that for Ridiculous. two years was grueling like mm-hmm. something yeah. that i could do right out of school and because i didn't know any better and so i just did it mm-hmm. um but after that i was pretty adamant that work day like work days now are like eight thirty to 5 and that's it like yeah. because if i don't have that time i'll get burnt out and then nothing works yeah <laughs> well and we both i mean when we get tired we get crabby and then that's not a good Work relationship is not a good personal relationship. I don't get crabby. A what? Yeah, but finding that balance was very difficult when we first started, and I had so much on my plate. Um, But slowly taking things off and finding what I can manage, what I can't manage, and just admitting to myself, like, this isn't working. We need a solution. And Alex is always really good about working with me to find that solution. So... Um, yeah, it's working out. I feel a lot better now than I did six months ago. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, Alex, you know, you mentioned earlier that when you got more comfortable with your illustrative side, you know, and, and most of the stuff you kind of show online is very illustrative. It's You're not showing necessarily like the UI UX stuff that you do and all that. Um, how has that been kind of, you know, showing one thing and working on another thing of, you know, has that showing the showing the more illustrative side led to more illustrative work? Definitely. Um, I think that I always, I always feel like, like designer, like some designers that I know think that I'm an illustrator and illustrators that I know think I'm a designer. And it's like this, tough position to be in because I enjoy doing both things. Um, but you know, I I guess the illustrative stuff started at Google really. I hadn't done a whole lot before then. Um, and getting comfortable at Google doing that. Um, you know, but then after Google, like I worked on a lot of iconography, um, did like 160 icons for Google play did, Mm -hmm. Uh, about as much for some other Dolby. Well, I, I designed a whole icon set for uh, Dolby Labs, and that was like for all their remote controls and like you know any UI that they had in their products. Um, sure. And I did another set of like a hundred icons for another Google Google Fit. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, all the icons like they just blur together after a while, but. Um, <laughs> And I was like doing so many icons that it was like I was totally I was over iconography because there's only so many ways that you can make something look unique and interesting when it's 16 by 16 pixels. Like it's yeah, um, it's a definite skill um, that's like much more technical than creative a lot of the time. Um, mm-hmm. 
But so I stopped putting a lot of the iconography work on my portfolio because I didn't want to keep bringing that work in because it was just like a cyclical thing. Um, and then at some point, I don't, I don't know how illustration work started coming. You started before. doing illustration in your free time. Yeah. You were doing like, what, 20 minute illustration oh, yeah. exercises? Yeah, like little exercises and posting those online and stuff like that. Um, but I, I, more directly to answer your question, like <laughs> putting more illustrative work up has definitely pulled in a lot more illustration stuff. Um, mm. the problem that we've run into is that like, I'm still doing like, I did like, I designed, uh, with someone else, uh, an entire web-based application, uh, designed all the UI, UX, like everything for it uh, is like a program. Ooh, I don't know how specific I can be. It's a program built for like farmers. So, um, mm -hmm. so built built this whole web based thing. But I can't post. I'm fairly it certain there's not a lot. I'm fairly certain there's not a lot of farmers listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so it was like a really cool thing because again, like it was like. It has a, the potential to have a huge impact on the world because it's going to help people that grow our food grow our food more efficiently. And, mm. um, but because it's such a big thing, I did that work like two years ago mm -hmm. at this point, and that product is still being built. So I can't put mm. any of that on the website. Um, you know, I don't. I've done a lot of game logos and stuff that just haven't seen the light of day. You know, work for. Facebook applications that weren't ultimately released and NDAs seal all that away. And sure. so it's, I have, I feel like we have more illustration work up because the illustration work is the only work we've done that isn't bound by an NDA. And so we run into a lot of problems where it's like, no, I can do the logo work. I can design a logo Mm -hmm. But I also can't show you any of the other logos we've made, so you kind of just have to take my word for it. <laughs> um, and that's not always an easy, you know, understandably, they are hesitant, you know, and sure, because uh, there's a lot of trust that comes along with that. So, mm -hmm. and I'm just some guy that they've known for 15 minutes of a Skype call, you yeah. know. You're just an mm -hmm. avatar on a screen. You're not even yeah. a person. Yeah, I'm just a cartoon face <laughs> on Twitter. Um, and... You know, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice though, because, you know, there's obviously like a lot of range and versatility within the world of illustration, as opposed to the world of like UI iconography. So I'm not getting burnt out doing mm -hmm. illustrative work. Um, just hope that the work keeps coming, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's, you know, it's like stuff like even with like Star Deck, like, we designed a set of playing cards. They like designed the packaging, um, the layout of the cards, all the clubs, or all the suits. <laughs> clubs are just my favorite suits. So I, um, all, you know, all the suits, we designed a custom, uh, custom typography for it, for all the numbers and letters. But mm -hmm. then people will look at it and go, oh, so you're an illustrator. And it's like, well... I, yeah, I did illustrate the face cards, but I also designed everything else around it. And, you know, it's at some, some point people kind of see what they want to see. And, you know, if 
they already think of you as an illustrator, um, then that's going to color their perspective of all your work. Um, sure. So, yeah. Do you like having that balance of different things that you get to work on, though? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, that's the big reason why I started freelancing to begin with was, um, you know, there's... I loved working at Google. Like, I loved my team at Google. Um, and... But like once we designed that style guide and everything, it was like, well, we've figured this out. Like this is, if I'm gonna draw a car, then it can only look one of a few ways if I wanna stay mm -hmm. on brand for Google. And, you know, after a while that just kind of becomes stifling. Um, whereas sure. when I'm on my own, like, you know, Facebook, they have their own cars to make and, you know, so <laughs> what a great example. You're Good so example, Alex. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean that, that versatility and getting to work on a bunch of stuff is like, I mean, like right now I'm making a pixel art illustration for, uh, like an upcoming art show. Um, I'm making, uh, a movie poster for a short film, uh, making Astro Alphabet, the set of like playing or flashcards. Just finished the booth. Uh, I just finished a huge booth for IGN at, at the E3 Entertainment Expo, mm -hmm. and uh, I did a logo uh, for a VR game. And so it's just like, and that kind of variety is like for someone as restless as I am, and a lot of the work in life, I guess, not just in work and <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> You know, like I, I need that variety. Like, and so, yeah. Yeah. I see Meg putting her hand out to stop she, you from fidgeting or something. Oh, well, I'm not fidgeting. I'm, I have, I have this, this old dumb phone that I don't know how to silence and it's going off and I don't know what to do with it other than to like Here. hold it away from the mic. Just you can put it under your leg. <laughs> Here, just put it behind that pillow. Just hit it behind the pillow. I'm going to sit on <laughs> it. There we go. <laughs> so, so, you know, with with the building of products and stuff, going back to that real quick, you know, you've talked about two physical products that one you've built, one you're in the process of building. You know, are there more physical products that you want to do? Are there or are there any digital products products that you want to do? I don't think we have too much on the digital front, really. I can think of. Um, but yeah, like we've talked about, you know, expanding um, the world of Star Deck, which we're we have we have not announced the name on this, and uh, but we were like we got tired of calling it the world of Star Deck all the time, and so because you can't really expand. Star deck is so tied to a deck of cards. Right. Uh, sure. You can't really put that on any other product. And so just between us, we've been calling it Imperium to just see how that sticks and feels. And like, so we've been sitting on Imperium um, and I like, like building name. more products that take place in that world. Since I already did so much backstory for a deck of cards, <laughs> <laughs> we figure we would expand that. And like, so we've talked about doing like a tabletop game um, that takes place in that world. Like we have um, friends who, you know, like 
like Dust Dustin, mm-hmm. uh, who DM'd our like most recent like D and D adventure. Pushing up our glasses. Um, he uh, he, you know, like we played with a rule set that he designed, and mm-hmm. so it's like we have friends that kind of have the right minds to build a game. And sure. So like, we're always kind of looking for like how we might partner with those people to be like, well, yeah. we have this world and the story and this like basic game idea, but we're not good enough at math to make the rules. Well, and I, I mean, I am an accountant. You, you are an accountant. <laughs> okay. I am not good enough at math to make the rules. Um, um, but yeah, within that, also like, you know, Alex has been doing a ton of just exploring different characters in that universe. So it'd be cool to do, you know, maybe a, maybe a coffee table book exists somewhere in there or. Yeah. Um, like, like I, I still, you know, again, going back to like illustration stuff, but like, I really want to do like a patrons of Lunar Saloon mm-hmm. collection of like, you know, like think about like Star Wars as like Mos Eisley Cantina, like. So what do the people in Lunar Saloon look like? And, you know, in our minds, Lunar Saloon exists in this Imperium world. Right. Um, and so, you know, like you, you can see like more and more, it's like we're going to start putting more things through that filter. So it's like, you know, even, even you know, like the flashcards that we're working on. Like, on the back of that, we already have the Diamond Corporation as a thing that exists in this world. So sure. we're totally going to credit a fictitious corporation for producing these flashcards right. when we're done. Like, just mm. so it's like everything gets tied back into that. Yeah. And but, I mean, even beyond that, like, we've had an idea for a children's book for about five years now that we just haven't. I would love to just sit there and flash, flush all that out and... Yeah, I think Alex always has a growing list. It's a matter of just like, okay, what is attainable right now? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, accurate. Yeah. I've accepted that I'll never have the time to make all the things that I want to make. Do you want to write a book? <laughs> yes. That also takes think, place in that universe. I think that's a good problem to have, though, because yeah, that yeah. gives you goals to stretch for. And, you know, when you run out of things, that that that's a problem. Yeah, that's, yes. that's a bigger issue. But Yeah, definitely. So... Um, so yeah, I guess you know on one hand, yeah, double-edged sword. You know, yeah, it's <laughs> we we have too much to ever do, but at least we have enough to keep us busy. Sure. Yeah. Well, we're we're getting close to our time, and I know you guys have something that you have to go do. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you can't you can't just say that. That sounds terrible. Yeah, that's not, it. Sounds bad. It sounds more ominous than it is when you just leave it out. I, okay. I don't want to be the one to tell people what I'll, I'll, I'll tell people I, I'm going to own up to this. I'm an idiot and parked too close to a fire hydrant and got a ticket and then moved the car like a good citizen. But I left the ticket on the car. I love you keep telling everyone what a good citizen you are. Well, I was a good citizen. I could have <laughs> just left it by the fire hydrant. And then the car got towed. And so we have to go pick up. The car that I got towed. Yeah. Since we only have one car. We're carless right now. Yeah, we're carless in Minneapolis. That was a yeah, really so bad sleepless it. in That's Seattle. Just... I'm so sorry. We should... Back to you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so so before you go get the uh, car, <laughs> real quickly, you, where, where can people find y'all online? Uh, well, you can find us at lunarsaloon.com. 
Um, and on Twitter at Lunar Saloon. At Lunar Saloon. On uh, on Instagram at Lunar Saloon Creative and Facebook as well at, at Lunar Saloon Creative. But we all know Facebook's kind of crap. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> People talk too bad about them. He's done work for them. Yeah, That's yeah. Um, but um, people don't seem to care about Facebook. People don't care about Facebook businesses. <laughs> they, they don't seem to care about Lunar Saloon Creative on Facebook. Yeah. So, you know, they go there. They don't care about the Creative South podcast on there either. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a tough crowd over there on Facebook. It really is. We haven't, I don't know how to figure that one a out. A tough crowd comprised of billions and billions of people. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> yep. that's the problem. But but yeah, Lunar Saloon Creative on Instagram is yeah. like, and we try to do stuff like, uh, you know, post like process shots and like yeah. behind the scenes. And Alex will be going to E three to look at the um, IGN booth, so we'll yeah. be posting a lot about E three while he's there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so yeah, that's that's where you can find us. We're in awesome. our house. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Please don't come find us in our house. That would be weird. <laughs> It's at 1313 Muckingbird Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping someone will get that joke. <laughs> it, it went it went right by me. It sounds familiar, but... It's the uh, Munsters address. Oh, okay. All right. So um, we end every podcast by saying, go out and hug some necks, which is a way of saying, go out and make friends and don't be a stranger. Would you all mind taking us out and saying that? What am I saying? Go out and hug some necks. Go out and... What? you got to turn the volume up. Oh, I'm sorry. He has you so quiet. Okay. I'm just going to leave all this <laughs> <laughs> So all you have to say is go out and hug some mechs. Go out and, go out and hug some mechs? Like, like giant robots? Like your Necks! <laughs> I'm not mechs! I'm such a dork. This is my daily life. Yeah, this is... You're getting an inside look in the... This, Poor Meg's life. Meg is about five seconds away from snorting. And <laughs> a lot of coffee right before I got Yeah, there. she's super high on coffee. Oh, even worse. So you're five seconds away from pee. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to say it. Wait, do we want to do a countdown? <laughs> We're going to go oh, on. Dear. Go out go and on, hug some necks. Thank you all so much for taking the time to talk with me tonight. Yeah, yeah thank, you. thank you. Thank you, Jason. This is a lot of fun. Find out more about Lunar Saloon on Twitter at Lunar Saloon. And be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with Alex and Meg. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Creative SO Pod and follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Creative South GA or over at CreativeSouth.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit jackprince.com and get 20% off orders over $25 when you use promo code CreateSouth17 at checkout. For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code CreativeSouth. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. And remember, if you like the show, help support us over at Patreon.com slash CreativeSouth. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. 
This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks. Thank you.